This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light comfy good to go to welcome to cottage talk i am russ goldman joining me right now is steve Lydiard and max cohen this is our preview episode of Fulham on the road to play sheffield united but we also have a lot of other things to talk about there's been a lot of i guess you could say interesting tidbits with Fulham today some good some not so good we'll get to all of that but before we do anything else, I want to welcome my co-host back to the show first. Mr. Lydia, it's been a while. How are you doing? Sorry, Kyle, there, Sorry. Thank you for Hi, guys. Um, yeah, not too bad, to be fair. I hope you're all keeping well. Um, sort of haven't really delved too much into Fulham since the end of the proper transfer window. So okay. I caught up a little bit today. But, um, but yeah, so uh, I guess we'll cover the rest that we're going to... Uh, cover shortly however russ i will give you the honors do we have breaking um, news we have breaking news yes so uh, do you want to do it (laughs) i'll let you do it steve so fulham signed terence congolo from huddersfield look at that never saw it coming (laughs) (laughs) now steve where are you seeing this is this on sky sports this is on sky sports news on their uh, nice blue ticker um coming not blue ticker sorry yellow ticker i'm doing another i'm doing my own goldman's tonight (laughs) Okay, excellent. Well, I definitely want to get both of your thoughts on Terence Congo in a little bit, but as we are broadcasting live, and if you are watching live on my Twitter account, on the Cardstock Facebook page, or also on my personal Facebook page, feel free to send us a comment. We might get to it during the show because we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. We will talk about the match as well, but definitely want to talk about Terence Congo. Since this just broke, why don't we just start there? guys. And uh, Max, I'll go to you. Again, this goes way beyond the time that we thought this is going to happen. Thoughts on Fulham signing Terrence Congo? We will talk about the injury in a little bit, but I just want to get your thoughts on signing him. Yeah. No, it's, well, first of all, it's great to be here. Great to be with Steve. Always good to have him on the show. Um, it's tough to talk about Congolo without talking about Anderson first, right? Because yep. the reason the signing becomes so much more important is because, you know, one of our biggest hopes, right? The center yep. back from Leon Anderson just found out today he has an ankle ligament injury out for we don't know how many 
weeks, but certainly I think minimum four, you'd say. So the the, the big name signing is out, um, and we have to look for replacements. So we need Congola more than ever. And I'm just I just don't know enough about Terence Congola. Honestly, he's played what two matches for Fulham, um, and they got injured very very short on into his career, and then never played again for us. Right. I think Huddersfield Town paid a lot of money for him. Um, he's I think he's a Dutch international, promising defender, but doesn't have a massive amount of Premier League experience. The good thing is it it is a center back and it is a position of need, but I think it's a positive sign. But again, you know, it didn't happen deadline day, a transfer transfer deadline day for whatever reason. So was there an issue back then? Was there an injury? We don't know. Uh, but I think it, it's just certainly good to have another center back considering we already lost one with Anderson um, and we're already pretty depleted in that position. Okay. Steve, over to you. You gave us the breaking news. Your thoughts on Congolo sign. Now, what's interesting about it, we'll follow this up by talking about the injury to Anderson because I, I definitely want to get both of your thoughts on that. But I think it's fortunate that Fulham are signing Terrence Congolo right now because of the injury. But thoughts on bringing in another center back. It seems like we've had such terrible luck with injuries, including Congolo. He signs now, but again, he hasn't played in a long time, partially because of injury. So your thoughts on Fulham signing another center back who was with them last season on loan? Well, I think there's been no pressure to get the deal done because obviously we had up to today's window to do it. Um, sure. I think I think Max referring to him taking a while to sign. I think, to be honest, he's probably been shopping in sort of Chelsea and that and southwest London for the last few days while he's trying to wrap this up. So sort of priorities first and then getting the deal done, <laughs> lastminute.com. Um, but yeah, um, it's interesting. Like you say, you haven't really seen much of him, so I can't really comment. Um, yep. It just seems to be that, and like you say, we're touching it with Anderson, that was, I'm not sure it's bad luck. I just think there's something wrong with the players, with some of the players we're sort of signing because half the time they seem to come in injured. That's right. Get injured. And are we getting players that are injury prone? Um, I'm getting really confused at the way we are recruiting, as you already know, Russ. Um, and I'm aware just, of that, Steve. This is kind of just further adding to it. And like I say, anyone that follows me on Twitter will know I am very um, half empty at the, at the very best. Um, More than half empty. <laughs> I do sound realistic. And a lot of this, yeah. uh, a lot of the stuff that people are saying now and have been saying recently is stuff that like myself and Scott and even Max have been saying for absolute months, years, you know, a couple of years now. And now it's coming to fruition. And I'm just not quite sure we've still got enough enough of the back. You know, we can have so many centre-backs, but at the end of the day, you can have me and Max playing centre-backs and being two, two additional ones. It doesn't mean we're going to be any good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Max, over to you, because uh, what's interesting about this, I'm glad that Steve brought this up because it's an interesting angle to this whole situation. Fulham have brought in players that, again, have gotten injured quickly. We could talk about Kenny Tete, who is still injured, okay? Congolo was injured. Now you have Anderson injured shortly after joining the team. What is going on here? Now, is it it could potentially be lack of fitness, bad luck. We could even talk about Alfie Mawson too. But they seem to have bad luck with defenders, specifically the center back position when it comes to injuries. It has happened again. So what are your thoughts about the injury to Anderson? Again, um, we have to assume he was healthy coming in, but he picks up an ankle injury. And like we're hearing, again, this is speculation, 
that it could be a while. There's no timetable put on this. I know people are tweeting out timetables that it could be at least a month. They don't know that. We don't know that. There really is no timetable on this. I'm hoping that is is around that time, but right now there isn't. So this is a worrying situation with Anderson. Your thoughts? You know, this is what happens when you sign players on deadline day. If we had signed Anderson perhaps a month earlier. We need Scott Tanfield on the show for this. <laughs> but if you sign him earlier, then we can shop for a world-class replacement or at least a quality replacement. Unfortunately, because we got him on deadline day, we had to wait for the EFL deadline. And Congolo, probably a championship-esque player in the middle. He's not quite a Premier League player. He's certainly not a Champions League experienced player like Anderson. So again, this is also one of the drawbacks from doing your business late in the window. When I don't want to blame Fulham necessarily for the injuries because I think although there's a certainly a worrying pattern, I don't know if that's the club or that's just bad luck. But what the club can control is the fact that you know you're buying players late. They don't give yourself a lot of time to get replacements, and you do do the deals on deadline day. You know, Congo is the best we can get. Probably could have gotten someone better. Or some at least you know he's not a championship player. If this if the Anderson deal gets done earlier, so that's what I'm most annoyed about is that the injury will happen. The injury, I don't know if you can point fingers, but you can point fingers at us just leaving things so late consistently. Well, that's true, but again, uh, would Anderson be available? I don't know in the middle of the window. I again, there, there are a lot of factors here, Max. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I understand the frustration because of the need at center back. And uh, we'll see how things happen with Anderson. But, Steve, you're, you're a ref, so I'm curious your thoughts about an injury like this. Like you said, we are talking about injuries to people at the back. So what do you make of this? Um, how, how do you mean in regards to refing? Or, um... You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you think that, again, that, that these players, again, that, just don't have enough fitness when they're, when they're joining us? Or, or or why do you think this seems to be a trend with Fulham players? Or do you just think it's an unlucky situation that they keep having players that are getting injured? I don't I don't think it's it, – it can't be unlucky. You know, you can say once, maybe twice, coincidence, maybe three times. Then you sort of go four, five, six. It, it can't be a coincidence. It's got to be something – Related, or we're not doing the homework, you know, on the player. Okay. Obviously, we're doing that. We're doing the homework stats related and and other other areas, but then we're not saying, okay, what's his injury record like? How often does he get injured? You know, and the, the, how long do they spend out on the injuries? Because let's be honest, we know before Alfie Mawson joined us, yeah. he was an injury prone sort of player. Exactly, uh, that, I was concerned about that. Um, again, and and with, with the Anderson thing, you know, I was sort of watching that um, watching that YouTube, not YouTube clip, the clip that Fulham done of him in yeah. training. Just taking a ball off anyone like candy from a baby. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy this week. So was and, I. To, and to see that come out this week, and I was like, could have been anyone else. You know, it could have been anybody else but him. But no, yeah. of course, of course he's out. Of course it had to happen. Um, so now we're back to um, Tim Ream and Michael Hector with uh, Congolo off the bench. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this, Max. And, um, I'll ask for your starting 11 a little bit later when we talk about the Sheffield United match. But just off the top of your head, who do you think is going to be the pairing against Sheffield United? I think it has to be the players who played against Wolves, honestly, because Adarabayo is someone we haven't mentioned, but I don't think he can slot right into the starting 11. That's probably too much of an ask. 
But you remember the defense against Wolves, honestly, wasn't wasn't as bad as we thought it would no. be. And that was a back three, essentially, of what? Robinson, LaMarchand, and Reem. Which, when you say it out loud, it sounds like a joke, right? But they, they fared pretty well <laughs> against Wolves. So we had to just hope for the best. And again, hope that, you know, Loftus-Cheek in there will make a difference. Yep. Um, give us more solidity, something more in, in the center midfield. But, you know, Steve is absolutely right. We're left with, essentially, the same defense that we had before the window. That's uh, right. And even though we signed Anderson, Adarabayo, and Loftus-Cheek, positive on deadline day, but you go a couple of weeks down the line and nothing has changed. And, and that's kind of damning in of itself, you'd argue. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into more of the starting 11 in just a bit. There was some other news that happened late as well. So I want to get both of your thoughts on, on this, guys, because I'm curious how you feel about this. Anthony Knockhart is a player that I was actually pretty high on when he came to Fulham. Seriously. And I I think it's fair to say that he's been underwhelming. He looks dangerous at time, and but his shots, his, again, just always seem to go over or just not on target. And he looks the part, but it never really worked out with him at Fulham. So, guys, I'm curious your thoughts on Anthony Naka going out on loan to Nottingham Forest. Steve, I'll start with you. Um, we've still got Cavalera. <laughs> um, does that answer your question? Um, yes, it does. I think I understand where you're going on there. Um, we've still got Cavalera, yet we've sent Knockout out on loan. Knockout's a little more dangerous than Cavalera has. Um, totally agree. For the, for the past year, probably, um, or however long we've had him. So um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really... I mean, even Stevie Wonder can see that's not the right decision. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what Scott's seeing in training, because we're not seeing it in a game. I'm not sure, again, what recruitment seeing by allowing this to happen. I, I really don't know. Um, and this, this for me, is the killer. This is what's killed killed my um, my confidence in the transfer system. So I, I, I don't know, Russ. I'm lost of words on this one, to be honest. Okay. Max, your well, thoughts on I mean, Anthony Knockhart. And very interesting that Steve goes right to Ivan Cavallero because I would pretty much do the same thing because Ivan Cavallero, I think, has been a bigger disappointment than Anthony Knockhart. I don't know. I'm normally the negative one here past couple of weeks, but even I think that's a bit a bit too much. Realistically, <laughs> Knockhart wasn't going to play in the Premier League. I, he he was not a he's not a Premier League player. Now I would agree to some extent that neither is Cavalero, but just because Cavalero isn't very good doesn't mean us sending out Knockhart is a bad decision. I think it's totally fine. Knockhart was never going to start in this team. He wasn't really going to get substitute appearances. I say Kamara, Lookman, they're both better options. I'd even argue Cabano is a better option. And Knockhart wasn't going to play. So I have no problem at all with Knockhart going to the forest. And, you know, we haven't sold him. He's on to loan until January. It's not a permanent decision. But I don't have a problem with him leaving the team because he wasn't going to play. Now, I think Cavalier has been disappointing. He shouldn't start. But I think when you look at the team now, look him in his class. You know, look right. him in his, his obviously head and shoulders of any winger we have. So Absolutely. He's, he's in that front three with Mitro. And then the question is, who's going to be that other winger? And I'd argue Cavalier is not going to be it. No, no knockout. So I'm not massively worried by this decision to send out a surplus winger on loan. I really think it's it's very. I mean, I actually agree with it. Um, okay, and it's funny because if you look at the fit for knockout, it makes sense, right? He's going to go play with Chris Huden again, so maybe Chris Huden can get the most out of him. And as it's been pointed out to me, and uh, I will say this: the one thing that I did like about Anthony Knockhart is that he was giving you 100%. I think you guys will both agree with me. He tracked back. 
He gave you, he even gave you a good amount defensively. I really never saw that with Cavallaro. I, I think he's a much bigger disappointment, Max. Would you agree with me, or, or do you see them both as disappointments at the same level? Maybe I'm on my own on this, but I don't see a big difference between the two. Really? I just, I, honestly, I mean, Nockert's end product was terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. The, the guy didn't deliver goals yep. and barely delivered assists. The bigger issue, and, um, you know, in the comments people are saying this, is the fact that we bought him permanently at all. Why would we buy a player permanently who clearly wasn't going to be a Premier League quality player? That was a mistake. And I think we paid, what, like in the region of 10, 15 million pounds, which is yep. ridiculous. Cavalier has definitely been a disappointment, but I don't know. I think what he did with Wolves in the Premier League, I think was probably better than what Knocker did with Brighton. Listen, neither of them are successes, but I'm not shedding any tears about Knocker leaving just because the guy just didn't produce in the final third. And, and sure, he'd run back and track back every once in a while. But he'd always, you know, everyone knows the jokes. He'd just shoot from whatever distance, couldn't pass, just had no composure. Everything right. was always 100% with that guy. Right. Okay. All right. Good stuff. All right, guys. Ross, I've got something to chime in on that. Chime on? Just, just with Max. So we've got we've got knockout. This end product doesn't really deliver. And we've got Cavalera that doesn't even know what end product is. So, <laughs> yeah, um... listen, I, I'm not funny I'm <laughs> Cavalera. I'm saying, honestly, they're both poor winners. Yeah. But I don't see them as being any different in my mm. opinion. And well, I, I think, think Cavalera, this is a credit, he, he did have yeah. a couple moments of brilliance where knocker did not. I mean, I'm thinking of the goal at Huddersfield away. He scored a nice goal when I was at the match at Reading a long year's day. I think he probably scored more goals than Knocker. You can fact check me on that. But I think just to finish on that, Ross, just what, sure. what we were touching on with the transfers, I think yep. I think the difference is if if we'd had the first three games of the season, yep. we'd start with, let's let's just say, I know it's difficult, let's just say we start with three wins on the bounce. Players are going to look at Fulham and thinking, I want to play for that club. As soon as you lose three on the bounce the other way, you're, you're shopping in a bargain basement. And that's the problem we've had, I think. Okay. That's a very interesting thing because I was just going to transition us to talk about the transfer window. Okay. So Steve has brought up a good point, Max. Do you think the losses has hindered Fulham's chances in bringing in players? I'm not, I'm not sure if it, maybe, I mean, players probably don't want to come to this team anyway, but I, we were never going to get three wins in the, in the first few matches anyway, honestly. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm not sure if it made a big difference. We're still going to be in a relegation battle no matter what. Um, we saw players like Baumgartel not yep. want to be here. And honestly, if you don't want to be here, don't come to Fulham. So, mm. Right. I think I agree with that. Yeah, it's a tough situation. And yeah. Tadebo as well. Yeah, that was... Um, oh, yeah, to be a yeah, good, good point. Yeah, exactly. If you don't want to be here, just don't bother. Yeah, if you don't want to be here, and I'm all about that too. I agree with you guys. You know, And again, we could talk about Tony because we're going to talk about the transfer window, so I'm sure his name is going to come up. But if those players don't want to come here, I don't want them at Fulham. And I don't care what choice they were from Tony Khan. I, I wouldn't want them here because you want players that are committed to playing for Fulham. Absolutely. I, I completely agree mm -hmm. with you guys. So let's talk a little bit more about the transfer window. Uh, and uh, we've done a show and we've done ratings, you know, again, going from one to 10. And I, I believe, uh, you know, Max, you – you already have thoughts on this, but I want to get Steve's as well. So let's now look at the transfer window as a whole. And I want a rating from one to 10 from both of you. Steve, I'm going to start with you. I want you to rate Fulham's transfer window as a whole. Now Four. now that it's complete. Well, Four. hopefully complete with Concolo. Four. Four out of 10. 
Four out of ten, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, if you're going to give it a four, what would make it a six? What would make it an eight? Um, probably just the addition possibly of another winger now we've got rid of knockout. But again, I still think we were definitely a striker short, um, someone okay. like a Josh King, because we really, let's be honest, we, we were chatting. Well, I'm going to agree with you on that, Steve. Yeah. We are massibly a striker short, and uh, you guys have been chatting on about, on about a couple of previous shows, um, and we've done nothing about it today. I mean, Josh King has still sat, sat on his backside at Bournemouth because no one's taken him. You know, okay. perfect. We, we're one-dimensional now. As soon as Mitro goes, we're in trouble, and arguably we need that other option because some games just unfortunately aren't built for Mitro because we're centering too right. much around him. Um, but we can't, we can't play anyone else because we haven't got the strikers that can finish. So... Okay. Okay. So for you, it comes down to the strikers. Are you also keeping that number low because of the center back situation happening so late? And now, of course, we have the injury. Center backs, injuries, signings, the, the whole shebang is just, um, you know, we've been up. The club has said, or, you know, a couple of people said, judge, judge us on how we do in the window. And again, we've done everything lastminute.com. And yeah, we can say which we're trying to save a few, Bob. Yeah, we might save a few, Bob, but we'll lose a few, Bob, when we go down. Okay. No, that's honestly. I do. Do you honestly think if we continue with the injuries that we can? I was. I'm a little bit more positive than I have been. But do you honestly think that <laughs> well, there are three teams that are going to be worse than us this year? I can't see it. I don't. Well, I don't see it. I was encouraged by what I saw at Wolves, and I hope that continues against Sheffield United. I do think that the addition, Steve, of Ruben Loftus Cheek is much bigger than you yeah. think. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think good. that I think that by itself should make it higher than a four, honestly. Mm. I think Lookman makes it higher than a four. But I, I understand what you're saying. You are looking at the shortcomings, what they don't have. Mm. As me being glass half full, I see this as a seven, believe it or not. That's the way I'm looking at it. Max, I'm going to have you to be the final judge here. <laughs> no, I'm hearing a lot of good things from both of you guys that making me waffle i've said six and i'm gonna say i remember six. you did that's why i are you, are you sticking with six <laughs> yeah for sure here's the thing i can't fully evaluate whether this team will be you know as steve mentioned are there gonna be three worst teams than us it's a great question right <laughs> right i can't evaluate that until we see them play against sheffield united and see how these new signings fit in because i think ross made some great like listen ruben loftus cheek and adam ola lookman those two players, they I are going to change us. Well, yeah. I generally think they're Premier League players, and that's yes. really exciting. They're, they're the best players I think we have on the team, and I'd say they're better than Mitrovic. I'm confident, maybe at level of Angisa, but a step above. I mean, Ruben lost the cheek is an England international. That's right. In the World Cup. It didn't work out for him at Chelsea, but what he did at Palace is so encouraging. That's exactly what we need him to do. And Lookman, this guy's played at Leipzig, he's played Everton, and just in that 30 minute cameo at Molyneux, you see his quality. So those give me. A lot of excitement. Right. But Steve made excellent points too because I still don't feel comfortable in the center backs. And we know this division is all about defending. If I you don't know. defend the Premier League will be killed, especially with the Anderson news. I'm not confident. I'm just I'm just not confident though that defense can stay airtight, at least semi-airtight, for for the you know the stretch that we need them to. Sure. Adarabio, Congolo. Yep. I mean, they're all question marks. They're promising players, but they're not proven. Um, and the players that are proven, you know, Reem, LaMarchand, Adoy, Hector, they're proven in the negative direction. We, we know how they're bad. Um, and I'm hoping the Wolves match will be a sign of things to come where it's not terrible. But again, we've seen how these players have played realistically over a 38-match season, and it's not good. 
Okay. No one's gonna be surprised. So I'm still not happy with how we strengthen our defense. So maybe I'm speaking to myself, it should be lower than a six, but I'm, I think a six is okay. That's like a D. See, you know, I think, think it should be D. higher. And I'm going to make my argument before we move on, because you're talking about the defense. I understand where you're going, Max, because there is that uncertainty at center back position. But I think that they've potentially have upgraded both fullbacks. You know, again, Kenny Tete is injured right now, but I like what I've seen from him. Ana, I know what people think about him. I want to see more from him before I make a judgment. But I think Anthony Robinson is going to help Fulham. And I also think he gives an option, like what we saw against Wolves, to play Robinson along with Joe Bryan. I think that strengthens you. So to say that defense is still incredibly weak, I think it's been strengthened somewhat and we still have issues or question marks. But I think that it has been strengthened in some ways. Then you look at what we're talking about with Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Lookman. I think that completely changes Fulham moving forward because we needed help in several areas. And uh, I think those two players are going to help tremendously. And, uh, you know, and listen, you know, let's not sleep on this. Harrison Reed is a signing, okay? We had to sign him. I think that's a significant signing as well. So when I look at it as a whole, I'm giving it a seven max. Yeah, and I can see the arguments, but again, we need to see how these players um, gel because we're talking a lot about players who haven't even played a minute for Fulham, and I always like to temper myself and say you can't make decisions about players before they've played, both in a positive or negative way. You know, Congola might come in and surprise us all, and maybe lost his cheek, just lays a goose egg in the first match, and it's terrible. So, as fans, I always want to jump to conclusions, but we just don't have enough information <laughs> to to evaluate how these players will play. Um, and this can okay. be tough, right? I mean, I'd say okay. the I'm going to share, I'm gonna share this comment. Is fourth from bottom. Okay, like I'm going to share this comment with my friend Tony Gold. Five at best. Ruben Loftus-Cheek needs to get fit, stay fit, and find his form. We'll take six consecutive games. Tony, I, I understand where you're going. I just, I have, again, maybe the glass half full of me has faith that he is going to come good and stay healthy, but only time will tell, so I understand where you're going on that. Russ, I just want to add add something for you on this. Um, Go ahead. Just with with regards to the centre-backs, and obviously I'm going to back them because we don't know what they're like. They could be really good youngsters. Right. I'm sure they will be really good youngsters. But it's like anything. We've definitely upgraded a defence, but you can upgrade a Skoda by giving it a spray paint. It doesn't turn it into a Mercedes. (laughs) So so at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have to see what we get out of it. Oh, Steve is bringing it tonight. Okay. Do we get a Skoda do we get a Mercedes? Let's find out. Okay. All right. Good stuff from you guys. And uh, everyone, please keep the comments coming. I'm just looking at them and uh, we'll share a few when, when I when I do get a chance, but I wanted to share that one from Tony Gold. Okay, guys, we do have some interesting topics we have to talk about because it's extremely important to bring this up because of the fans. Okay. So Max, I'll give you first take at this. What are your thoughts about the uh, pay-per-view content? controversy or as they say in the UK controversy in regards to the price of I I, I believe Steve is it 14.95 pounds is, is that what it is for for the pay-per-view to watch the fall match 14.99 yep. I given up really okay <laughs> all right so Max I'll go to you first uh and then I'll, I'll get Steve's take on it what are your thoughts about this I I, I do understand why Fans are irate about it because it is seems high. It seems the price point is high, but 
if I'm looking at it, I would think, again, this is just me. I would pay 10. I, I, I would probably, if you're asking me, I would, I would probably pay it, but that's just me. That's just how I would do it. But I'm not telling anyone else to have to pay this. I understand why fans will not pay it. But I think if you're just asking me, I thought 10 was reasonable. I think this is high. I think it's a bit of a disgrace, honestly, because okay. that sounds like a fair price in all honesty to watch your team in person. You know, you've got to, you've got to prioritize fans. Fans yep. go to the match every single week. Yep. Um, and when you consider this 15 pounds, it's not just 15 pounds in itself, right? Yep. People are paying for Sky Sports. People are paying, playing for BT, you know, Amazon yep. Prime. The, the matches are on so many different networks nowadays. You can't just buy one package. It's 15 quid is on top of a lot of other charges. Yep. And the fact you're pricing out, you know, working class fans yeah. um, in an in a environment when the club just want to squeeze every last penny uh, out of the supporters. It's very depressing, Ross. It's very depressing. Um, with all this talk of perhaps a European Super League or whatever, it just seems like modern football has just been completely, ha- you know, the, the rise has just been accelerated by the pandemic. You know, clubs are certainly hurting financially. I understand right. that because they rely so much on, People go to the matches, ticket sales, etc. But when you just start charging people fifteen pounds, you know, in addition to the other subscriptions they have, yeah. hi, people aren't going to pay it. They're just going to use illegal streams that are much easier to to find. Yeah, and then also it's going to be a, a lose lose for everyone. So it just seems to me like fans weren't consulted. It seems like a very blatant ploy, just milking out money out of people. Um, and it's it's just sad to see. You know, I'm willing. You know, we're over here across an ocean. We'll pay money to see a game. But for fans who otherwise would be sitting in the seats every week to charge them 15 quid, your most loyal supporters, it just seems very wrong. Yeah, listen, it just seems high to me. And also, Steve, I'm going to go to you. And uh, I believe I was talking to Emilio about this offline. I think that they've handled this extremely poor to go from, say, free to 15 pounds, right? There had to have been like a middle ground. Why couldn't you have given some warning and say – did this, I don't know, in a month or two, or, you know, like, like I said, or really thought about the price point on this, because I think it's high. So I just think that they handled this poorly. And uh, I think the price is high, your thoughts. And, and, and let me ask you, you know, what were you thinking when you saw this? Um, well, as I thinking was, I was probably wasn't really surprised. Um, if I'm honest, the only surprise is that actually one Premier League club did vote against it. What's the um, and, and all credit to them for that. Um, and it's it's not for me to say the clubs are wrong in doing it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I've always got to be careful what I say. Being, you know, obviously being being referee and being part of the FA, and it's not to have a dig. But at the end of the day, how much money do they really lose out of this if they if it's free? Plus, right. if they not have said, okay, um, we're not going to charge fifteen pounds again. But we're going to everyone that subscribes, let's say, you know, to a let's say someone has a Sky Sports subscription. Right. Let's say you're paying, I don't know, 15 pounds to that. Would you pay 20 pounds every month to or 25 pounds every month to have all of these games? Exactly. In? Like we do here. That's exactly. what we have here. I mean, that's that's demanding. Part of it is that yeah. that was part of a subscription that we have here, Steve. It, mm. It's now been rolled into Peacock, as as Max knows. But initially, NBC. Sports Gold was a subscription of, I believe, I want to say, Max, $60 a a year. And 
That was for all the Premier League matches. Why can't they do something for you guys there? That's the part that I don't understand. That's a good point, Steve. It's all about money. It's all about money, as much money as they can get. Unfortunately, okay. it... it's a great point. They should be able to do something similar, especially for the fans in the UK, to not do something that they do here, okay, because they're doing it here. I mean, all I have right now, and this is what's frustrating, I paid uh, 120 pounds for to see all the full matches last season. I, I was happy to do it because I wanted to watch the matches. This season, I go back to the Premier League, and it's just rolled into Peacock, which is great, okay? And before that, I was paying, I believe, 60 for NBC Sports Gold the first season when, when Fulham came back, and I, I would pay that. But it gave me access to every match. Why the hell can't they do that for the fans that go to the games and that watch in the in England, in the UK? Why can't they do that, Steve? And, and I guess, it's, Max, it's it's all about money. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, and listen, if, if you're struggling right now in the pandemic, as many people are, I mean, that 15 quid might not sound a lot to most of people, but for, for a lot of people, that is a lot. And you can't afford to spend on football when so many other things are going on in, in this world, you know? And it seems like at a time when, you know, hopefully corporations and the government might be stepping in to help people, you yeah. know, in a time of need, a crisis, death, suffering, it just seems like it's not the case. And, you know, are, are we surprised or, you know? That's the way the world works. It's very unfortunate. But yeah. it's sad because football is one of the few bright spots, I think, in people's lives in general. You know, yep. things can be going poorly. You turn on the match, you go to the match, and everything's forgotten. But if you're denying people that joy – actually, no, for film supporters, it might be a good thing. You know, you don't have to watch it <laughs> get mad every week. How, how did I know you were going to go there? How yeah, did I know? Yeah, very, very sad. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Coming up next, we are going to talk about another controversial topic – and we'll end with looking at the big match against Sheffield United. Okay, guys, let's get to this. I definitely want your thoughts on Project Big Picture. Looks like hopefully this does not go any further because uh, I looked at this and I saw some things that were interesting, but what it really came down to for me, and I'll be curious, both of your views on this. First of all, it would have been horrible for Fulham. Let's just start that. It would be horrible. The This project, big picture, for, would lower it in the Premier League to 18 teams. That would really hurt a team like Fulham. But they would also really have little control of what was going to happen in the Premier League. It would all be about the big six. And I liked all the ideas of helping the EFL and everything, but I think that was just a way to, to get more power in this deal. It's like, okay, we're going to give away something, but what we're really getting is a lot more. We're getting power. Manchester United and Liverpool, who were pushing this to get more power. And I'm actually disgusted by the owner of Liverpool, who happens to be the owner of the Boston Red Sox here. John Henry, you should be embarrassed for putting this proposal together. You look like a money-grubbing fool. And I'm just going to say that right now. I'm very upset from John Henry being one of the two people that brought this proposal. It's disgusting to me. Anyways, guys, I want to get your thoughts on Project Big Picture. As you can see, I have a very uh, angry view on this because I think it's I think it would be terrible for the Premier League, terrible for English football, for the benefits that they're offering for for the EFL. It's almost like you know dangling that for that, but it really is a, a power grab for 
the big six, especially the peop- the two teams that put this across, which is Manchester United and Liverpool. Max, your thoughts. Yeah, I think you summed up well. You know, it's the big clubs want the power. And, you know, who cares about the little clubs which honestly make the Premier League what it is? Exactly. It's the worst kind of middle ground because one part of me says, you know what? Just join a Super League. Get out of our game. Let the other clubs have their way. If you don't want to be a part of a promotion relegation system, if you don't want to be a part of the Premier League and actually have a competitive league, you know, go play Real Madrid every two weeks in Dubai, you know? Do that, you know, but, but leave us out of it. But this is a really poor middle ground in which they try to keep their power as much as possible but make it worse for little teams. And it's like the worst of both worlds for, for a club like Fulham. Uh, one thing I didn't like was that, you know, they get more voting power or something. Exactly. That was one of the things in the proposal, which is, again, just very poor. You know, one club, one vote. That's just common sense. And, you know, we 18 teams, no chance it would have stayed up in the Premier League. With no that. way. No um, way. This, this, would, this will be, if it ever came to fruition, which I hope it never does, devastating for Fulham. And uh, as I said to several people, if this went through and it went down to an 18-team league, I don't know the next time Fulham would come back up if they got relegated because it would be extremely difficult. Yeah. Well, good thing it got vetoed, which is uh, the yeah. one bright thing in this. People realize that, or at least the clubs realize, this is a terrible look for all of them. It's a horrible look. Steve, what are your thoughts about this? Did you get a chance to take a look at, at Project Big Picture at all? I, I saw enough of it to know, um, I saw someone tweet, I mean, how many of the big six are actually in the top six at the moment, um, given that Everton, Aston Villa and Leicester <laughs> appear to be among the big six right now. Yeah. So, um, again, I remember when Fulham were, had their long stay in the Premier League before, obviously, FFP took over. Right. I think Manchester City were two leagues below. Then suddenly right. they got all the money come in. They're now in the big six, so to speak. And they're just trying to ring fences so no one else can become the big six. Much like with TV, this is on the same sort of thing, but with TV money, so the amount of times that you're on TV dictates how much how much percentage of the pot you get. Now, I think it should just be split split between all the 20 teams evenly. Because I otherwise, totally agree again, you're creating a bigger divide. So the bigger teams get all the coverage, get all the money. Again. Steve, it makes too much sense. And... Max, I want to go to you because, again, maybe Steve should be running the Premier League because I agree with him on that. Well, that might be kind of dangerous. But but uh, <laughs> honestly, he does have a good point here. And I've said this several times. Why can't they split the money evenly like the NFL does? And every time I say that, it's okay, well, you're talking about the NFL. This is the Premier League. They're making a boatload of money. I understand that there's a lot of money going out. But if you're in the Premier League, why aren't you just sharing it evenly? I agree with Steve on that because I think that also helps the balance. But again, Max, I don't think the big teams want the balance. They want more power. They want more control. They want themselves to be on the biggest stage possible. And to what you said, then start a Super League if you don't want a real league. Mm, yeah. It's really funny. It's something I've always thought about is that, you know, you bring up America, right? American sports. It's probably like a socialist sporting system in a capitalist environment and in Europe you've got the opposite. I know right? it's all weird. the revenue sharing you have a salary cap, a wealth cap in American sports, you have the draft picks. So the yep. worst teams get the best young players. And in Europe, it's just absolutely whoever's most money will succeed. That's it's right. such a funny dichotomy. But it is weird. You know, we, we, we do love football. Um, we do love football and this is a sport we love and yeah it is it is this way where it's very brutal and you need to survive and for clubs like us. 
we we're always facing up a battle against you know the cities and Liverpools of the world. But can you, know, you imagine I, if we had the same money as Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is, Shahid Khan's not a poor guy. You know, he's no. he's shoveled a lot of money into this club, but mm. it's almost you need the money plus the historical allure and yeah. uh, the, the naming, you know, the, the branding rights and, and the history, all those things combined um, in a big stadium. But, you know. You can't spend it. You're not allowed yeah. to spend the money, are you? That's the problem. You can't spend what you want because of the financial fair yeah. play. So and, and the big clubs get away with it. And, and City just walks away, mm. you know, scot-free when they actually violate it. So that's, <laughs> that's the worst part. But again, this goes back to Shai Khan has the money to probably to go after, you know, players such as Liverpool would. But again, the way financial fair play works, he couldn't do it even if he wanted to. But but again, Shai Khan does want Fulham to be sustainable too. So it, it's a balance. And Liverpool and Manchester United, and um, I don't know how much balance they're looking at. So maybe it is a little bit different. But if we had the same money as them, I think it would change the league. And I think that scares them. Because they uh-huh. know if we had the same money, that would be a completely different league, Steve. I'm not. I'm not so sure because I think we. Um, no. We got, I think we could have got Messi, but I don't think he met the stats for Tony <laughs> Khan. So, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Very funny. Stuff, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. But this is something that again has been vetoed. So hopefully this is the end of it. But when I saw this and I saw who was in charge of it, it actually it actually made me upset. I mean, right. it really uh, did. Why are you surprised? We knew Boston sports teams are like that the entire way. You, you just are finally realizing Max, the rest of the world. Max, lay off. <laughs> lay off, Max. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bro, All right, guys. Bro, yes. I just want but, to add to this. I, I do really ahead. want to add to it because I'm not I'm not totally anti-Tony as, right. as in Tony Carr. I'm not anti-Tony. It just he's he has to be judged on certain things in the club, right. like transfers. Right. So if he is listening to this, I'm not anti-you, Tony. It's just basically you're not delivering. And whether you can see that or not, you're just not delivering. And that's why people like myself are getting frustrated. So I just want to put that out there, us to everyone. Okay. I'm not completely anti-Tony. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, fair enough there, Steve. All right. Let's finish up by looking at the match on Sunday, which is a huge match now. I mean, this is a huge match. Both teams have not gotten a point. So it's just very interesting to look at. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I've been I've been really sharpening up a little bit on Sheffield United. And um, they don't seem like the same team from last season. So, Max, I'll start with you. Your opening thoughts just on Sheffield United because we're both on no points. Who's worse off or we're just basically in the same situation? They're on abysmal form, and I think it's stretching back to Project Restart. You know, ever since the league came back in around June, July, they've just been losing matches for fun, which is a really worrying trend. And I've always tipped them to have a bit of a sophomore slump, you know. Yeah. I think what they did the first season up was just completely unsustainable. It was an amazing story with Chris Wilder at the helm, right. but no team can truly keep that up, in my opinion. And I always look at their squad, and it just it struck me as obviously they had amazing togetherness, and everything just went right in those first couple of months. But I just thought there's no way they can keep this up, given those players. And I guess we're kind of seeing that catching up to them. Obviously, though, they do have much more experience in the Premier League than us recently. They do. Experience winning. Um, and it's something you th- think about Sheffield United, you think clean sheets, right? That's right. what got them to where they were at the Heights last season, challenging for Europe at times. So in that respect, we could learn a lot from them. But you're right, we're both on zero points. And you know, Mike Gregg came on the show a couple weeks ago and said the Villa match was a must win. I mean, looking back 
this is even more of a must win. This is such yeah. a six pointer. It's not even funny. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Or matches in the season. I can't back but, off on that. Yeah. I, okay. yeah. So hope, this is just massive. And if we lose this match, that's not good. Let's just say that. There's going to be an absolute meltdown on Twitter. Maybe Tony Khan will say something. Who knows? Oh, I, I, I said <laughs> this and I'll say it again. And this is nothing against Tony because I know Tony has other business ventures. My recommendation, I, I outright said Tony should delete his Twitter account. I'll change it a little bit. I'll, I'll just say this because he has other ventures. Please don't tweet about foam. Don't even look at stuff about foam. Just stay away from from Twitter when it comes to foam. Just stay away. Just you'll be better off for it. That's all. I'm gonna, that's just my advice. Don't tweet. Don't even look at any stuff because you don't need to do that. Just uh, just do your job. Just bring in the players and uh, you know. And we'll let the chips fall as they may. Okay. All right, Steve, your thoughts on the difference between Sheffield United last year and this year. Is it basically, as Max saying, the level of player that they had, is it just catching up with them now? Because a lot of the players were probably more championship players and maybe they played over their heads. And now maybe they're getting figured out a little bit. Your thoughts on Sheffield United? I think I think we've seen it, and there's been talk of it in the past from pundits and people, haven't there? there? It's always a second season syndrome tends to tends to kick tends to kick in, and you find out how good a team really is. They surprised a lot of people last year, um, whereas Aston Villa didn't surprise a lot of people last year. Right. Obviously, Sheffield United haven't really recruited from that, but yeah. Aston Villa have, and now to so the second season syndrome early doors, you're seeing Sheffield United going where you would maybe expect them to. Um, and then obviously Aston Villa with their signings going where again you'd expect them to. Sorry, that was a bit of a curve there. So. Sure. <laughs> but what's interesting, I'm glad that you brought up the Aston Villa comparison because when you look at them, right, the first season they spent a lot of money like Fulham did. And again, I, I don't want to do the being like Fulham or doing a Fulham, <laughs> but they survived, right? Mm. What did we do in 2007, 2008? We survived the great escape and then we pushed on from there. Aston Villa are really doing the same thing, Steve. It's about surviving the first season, but then you have to build on that. It doesn't look like Sheffield United are doing that. No, um, no, no, it doesn't. And like I say, it is really difficult because because we don't know if anything is going on at Sheffield United or isn't going on at Sheffield United. But again, yeah. they—I don't really think they made any. Have they made any signings or any real massive signings, guys? Um, not that not that I can remember of note. I, I think they got Rian Brewster from. Yeah, that's Liverpool. a that's a good signing. That's, I would have liked him here. A, actually. I was just about to say that's a yeah. significant signing for them, and we'll probably see him on Sunday. But again, is he? Is he, for goals. is he seventeen million or so? Something wasn't it for him? Is he seventeen million kind of player? Oh. But then, but then I guess I guess I wouldn't have said Ollie Watkins was a thirty-three million pound player, but he's looking every part of that at the moment. So. <laughs> Okay, very good there. Um, all right, guys. So uh, as we as we look into this match and we look at we look at um, Fulham and uh, actually let's start here, Max. Thoughts on Chris Wilder because because we are talking a little bit about Sheffield United. Do you think that you know again they were? I remember them from from the championship. It was all about defense, but it was really a high press and it was really. I mean, they were difficult to play against. I was actually listening to a podcast that that potentially Chris Wilder is tweaking things a little bit. Do you think he 
he should stay the course or, or tweak things. Well, what are your thoughts about him as a manager? Because I've actually been impressed by him. I have a massive amount of respect for Wilder. You know, starting at Northampton Town, he's done a lot of really good work with teams in the lower leagues. And as you mentioned, you know, Sheffield United style of play, it's not just your typical sit back, defend. No, it's not. They do exciting stuff. The wing backs, um, the way they get the ball at the pitch, they, they attack in yeah. droves. The, he's honestly a very innovative manager. Exactly. Um, more so than people would give him credit for. I remember he was even linked with the England job yeah. at times and last season. But They're not I, afraid to take it to the big yeah. teams, which I find, again, refreshing. Yeah, so I have a great deal of respect for him. I think he's a really class manager, but sometimes you really do reach your limits with teams. Um, I don't think they'll go down, honestly. I think they have too much experience staying up last season and excelling last season. Because uh, I, I do think Wilder is a good manager, but for whatever reason now, it's not working out for them. Okay, all right. Steve, I want to go to you. Let's, let's change this up a little bit. Who has to play well for Fulham to get all three points against Sheffield United? Who are the key players for you in, in this match? I would say the team, um, but we're always capable of, you know, we've seen the attacking talent we've got now at the club. Loftus-Cheek, obviously, Lookman, I, I really like the look yep. of him. You know, we've got Mitrovic. Um, we're always a threat going forward of getting a goal or two. My on most games. My worry is, again, the back. Um, as we've been saying plenty of, plenty of podcasts, you cannot go into a game having scored two, three, four, five, however many goals to win a football match. So yep. whoever plays at the back or even as a team, we have to defend as a team. Right. I mean, I wasn't with Wolves. I was a bit disappointed that we didn't make much going forward. Right. And I know we conceded the goal, but what I liked about conceding the goal, and this is from me, is that I liked the way we actually defended put our bodies on the line. And if we do that all season, and even if we still go down, then I'm not. You're not going to hear too much of a grumble from me. Is when we don't put effort in and actually defend. So it's a defense for me in, in okay. short answer. Okay, and we saw that Max against uh, Wolves. I thought they defended extremely well, but going forward was a little bit of an issue. And so I'm going to ask you as we look forward to it, playing a team that, again, Fulham should should feel strongly that they can win this match. But I'll just ask you, all right, how did they win this match? Everyone wants to know, right? Um, I'd say the key thing is getting the halftime at least nil-nil. That's one of I was really impressed at Wolves was how long we kept the match even. We used to make it so hard on ourselves, just going down a goal within the first eight minutes. Right. And as Steve mentioned, once you're already in that hole, you need two goals just to get in the lead again. And it's just so difficult. Don't make it hard on ourselves. Do the simple things right for at least the first 45 minutes. Go in nil-nil if you need be. That's how I think we'll do it. Go nil and a half time. In second half, your attacking players can run against a tired defense, and that's when I'm looking at Lookman. Hopefully Kamara can produce more and, and give better end product than he did last week, uh, a couple weeks ago. But those pacey players, those direct players, skillful players, turn it on, maybe lost cheek. A driving run from midfield. You know, we've, We haven't seen that in a while from a Fulham player. Runs from deep. Every team seems to do it on us. You know, runs from deep. Midfielders during the attack. How about we see that? Um, get that in there and hopefully get a goal through. Honestly, Mitrovic is, is the one we're all going to be looking at. So I'm seeing a 1-0 type win. That's how Scott Parker likes to do it. But okay. that's, that's a game plan we have to follow. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, we're going to finish up with getting your 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 starting 11. You know, again, what, what you hope you, you see. Because, again, it's going to be fascinating to see what the starting 11 is going to be for this match because, again, Anderson now not being involved changes things up. 
So, Steve, I'll start with you. Give me your starting 11 for Fulham against uh, Sheffield United. What would you go with? So for me, I'm gonna. I'm, well, it has to be Ariola. I mean, I, I love Rodak a bit, yep. but I still, I still see Ariola. And obviously, based on the Wolves game, is a, is a better keeper. Um, so it's Ariola for me. Um, obviously, I would have had Kenny Tete, but he's injured, as we know. Yep. So um, I'm gonna go Aina, Aina at the back. Um, I'd then have obviously Joe Bryan left side. Um, we don't. Again, we don't know the state of Terence Congola. I'd imagine he's not gonna play a part unless I can imagine. Doing it unless he's been doing any sort of training with us. Right. So it's probably going to be your, your Reem, your Hector, or maybe Lamarchand in there, two or three. Okay. Um, possibly the Man City guy might make an appearance, but again, possibly. again, 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 probably not at the moment. We'll stick with what we've got for now. Middle of the park, it's got to be Loftus-Cheek all day. He has to start. There's absolutely no question about that. Totally agree. Tom, Tom Kearney, I'm not going to be as harsh on him. I think he, he's showing some of the qualities that he needs now. To, to adapt to this league uh, he's not he's you know he's no worse than anybody else he's not still fantastic at the moment so I'll play Kearney um and then I think Anguisa speaks for himself he's been an absolute okay. monster um and then just play Lukman Mitrovic and I'd play Cabano just for his set piece um set piece threat from free kicks because he still is a threat you are right about that Steve. that's very interesting Max what would be your starting 11 and I just want to mention that uh Scott Parker's already said that Harrison Reed, it's too soon for him. Mario Lamina could be ready. And uh, so I want your starting 11. Yeah, I think I leave what we did at the back against Wolves largely unchanged. Okay. And then I think Lofts Cheek has to come in. But the way we, I like the formation, but that yeah, so means we only, we only play two central midfielders. So I'm going to have to diverge from Steve there and say Lofts Cheek comes in for Kearney. And then, you know, Mitch Fritch has to start. And then Cavalera will come out. I think I'll start start Lookman, sorry, Lookman for Cavalero. Okay. And then start Kamara for Decade over Reed. Okay. So I think it's an interesting formation. It's not the one ever expected, but that three at the back with Robinson as one of the center backs and him licking up from Brian, that worked well. So I'll stick with that general formation. You just have in Lookman, have in a Loftus Cheek, two really good world class players. I'm excited to see how that plays out. I was going to say, how do you think that's going to, pl- how do you think they're going to play together? I think Lookman will just combine. We saw that one too. Again, I keep going back to it against Wolves, but it was yeah. just such a breath of fresh air from the winger position, which we haven't seen in so long. And I think I could see Loftus Cheek, you know, playing one twos and Lookman, Loftus Cheek joining the attack. You know, he's a real good box to box midfielder right. in that we can counterattack very effectively. And I think if we're going to kind of play defensively, that counterattack has to be spot on. And I can see Loftus Cheek springing Lookman a number of counterattacks. I, I hope you're right, my friend. I really do. Okay, guys, we're going to end with predictions. I just want to share something. And if you're watching live and you want to share your prediction, feel free to because I will share that at the very end. But before I get your prediction, guys, I'm going to share a poll I did, okay, because the poll is interesting. I did a poll. And, again, just so you know, I did this poll before the injury news to Anderson, okay? So keep that in mind because I don't know if anyone would change their prediction. So this is on the Counter-Stock Facebook page. It's still going on. It's 498 votes. So it's a decent amount of votes, guys. Win, 52%. Loss, 23%. Draw at 25%. Before I get your prediction, Max, what are your thoughts on the poll? Confident, you know, almost half, more than half. That's right. It will win. I haven't heard that in a while from the Fulham <laughs> fan base. 
Uh, I like the optimism. I really do. So do I. I. There are times, you know, you know I like that. Yeah, the last Premier League season, those polls were getting like everyone thought we just lose every single match towards the end of the season. So I like it. I'm also going to predict the win, but, you know, we'll save that for later. Okay. You're going to wait a minute. You're going to share your prediction later? Oh, are we doing predictions now? Because you said, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I'll say 1 0 to Fulham. That's how wow. I think it's going to happen. I wow. think Luther gets a goal. Luke Lookman uh, has an assist. And it'll be close, but we'll get the win. Okay. I'm going to go to uh, Mr. Glass, mostly empty, Mr. Steve Lydiard. Mm-hmm. Steve, prediction? Well, we've definitely seen Mad Max in action again tonight. Um, <laughs> one thing we know is not going to happen is we're not going to keep a clean sheet. Um, and but they don't score many goals either, so let's keep keep that in mind, Steve. So I've got really, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence. If we're going to win the game, we're going to win it comfortably, three-one. If we lose, it's going to be two-one. So it's going to be a tight affair. Okay. I really couldn't call it. It just really can depends you, how much. How can you give two predictions that are so far? Well, you got to choose one. Because it's Fulhamish. <laughs> yeah. I, I, come on. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Which one? What, if, Roth, if Ruben Loftus Cheek turns up and we turn up yep. and he makes a real difference to Lookman and these two start, 3 1 Fulham. Okay. Oh, I like that. I love to hear that. Oh, I really like that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to share some predictions before I, I share mine. Ralph Leach, 1 1. Brewster and Lookman on debut. That's very interesting that going with that draw. Let's see what else we got here. Russell, have we signed someone else? What? Lockman. Lockman. <laughs> Stop. Answer, answer. Okay, Brian Lake, 12. 2-2 draw, Mitro and Lookman, but Sheffield United get one at the end and to share the points. I, I certainly don't want, want to see that. Okay, let's see. We've got another another prediction for a full victory. i got a bunch of different predictions, guys. Let's see. Edward Severn has 1-1. Okay, Robin, I don't know if I see this one, but let's see. Okay, let's see. Well, that, that. That's what it was at Bramall Lane when uh, Cessnione had his hat trick. Yeah, so reference that's to a that. great game. Yeah. I think I I think that's where Robin's going. Robin, I'm glad that Max brought me back there because the, <laughs> the minute he said that, I was like, oh, that's right, that crazy match. That's right, Max. That's I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Russ, I yes. think Paul. I think Paul wants to say he's made an error. Given that we won't keep a clean sheet, I think he meant to put a one in front of his prediction. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ten two. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see. What we got here. Ben Lawrence, three to one to form. Okay. So those are those are the predictions, guys. Great show. I, I really enjoy this. Steve uh, and Max, both of you. You guys both joined me at the last minute. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, in all seriousness, um, just so everyone knows, um, I did have a guest plan, but things fell through at the last minute. Thank you to my co-host for jumping in at the very last minute to join me. Max and Steve, I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you, Max. Cheers. Yeah, I know. Me and Steve are like uh, Hector and Reem, and the guest who canceled is Anderson. So we'll, we'll <laughs> fill in, you know. We'll be here, but we're not the best. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see. You know what? Our season could take off this weekend like a yep. bird without wings. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, I haven't given my prediction yet. So here's my prediction. I am going to go with Steve, three to one to fall. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through. I'm going. I'm going with Steve Woodyard. It doesn't often happen that Steve and I agree, so I'm going to agree here. It's it's actually it never happens. But I, I'm Tim Ream hat trick. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. He's nailed it. It's going to happen. Tim Ream hat trick. Watch it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. 
everyone watching live, thank you so much for watching live. We really appreciate that. And uh, and uh, everyone that listens each and every week, uh, the show means a great deal to me and my co-hosts mean a great deal to me. And they've been great tonight, as always. Everyone has been great that has been part right. of College Talk. Yes. Yes, right. Steve. You keep on. We... Keep on. Yes. We've got to keep this going. Now, if if Tim Ream's listening to this and he gets a hat trick at the weekend, I predicted it. Tim Ream, I want your shirt. Okay. Okay. That's well, it. I don't think you're getting a shirt, but then we'll start. Okay. It's Steve. happening. It's happening. Okay. Okay. It's happening. All right. Well, the better thing is some clippings from his beard. Now, that's a bigger collector <laughs> item. That'll be on the shirt. Clippings. That'll be on the shirt. On the shirt, yeah. Well, I want, I, I want clippings from your beard, Max. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, now that's <laughs> something more elusive. We'll see. Okay. All right. All right. Well, great show, but it's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Max Cohen and Steve Lidian, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for listening and watching Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.